Hello and welcome to the Raising Men Show, and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. You know, you know how we do, Chatham. Tuesdays, Super Tuesdays. Right here on WKBY 1080 AM out of Chatham, Virginia. We're coming at you live on all of their markets, actually, as a matter of fact. And if you happen to be listening to us on our archives on theraisingmenshow.com, that's T-H-E-R-Z-N-G-M-E-N show.com. Definitely appreciate it. Looking forward to it. This is a milestone for us. And I, you know, I probably should have looked up what 12 meant and maybe we'll come back to it in another segment. But this is week 12. I've been, I've been blessed to do this and I've never done a series this long before. It's been something that the Lord had put on my heart to do. And it's called Teachable Moments. And if those of who follow us on at Raising Men uh, and on our social media handles on Twitter, Facebook, and and uh, Instagram, we, we've been doing periodically things that are called teachable moments. And they were really spawned and birthed out of an opportunity to learn something in a moment of that you needed a truth or there's a moment that you just didn't quite know what you were doing or you had that aha moment where, you know, when you really needed to learn something. And I believe that this, this 12 week study, or maybe we'll do it again. Maybe the Lord wants more than 12. I don't know. But for right now, these last 12 weeks or including this one, have meant something to me. So this week's topic is entitled, Know Your Truth. And those who have been listening for a while, you know, I, I like to get into the definition of words. I like to go into the scriptures and break down what the words mean in, in different passages. And so the word truth, as is defined on dictionary.com, means uh, the truth or actual state of a matter. They, they, they use a sentence as an example here, and it says, he tried to find out the truth. I like the other definition, too, is a verified or indisputable fact, proposition, principle, or the like. This care, the example is mathematical truth. Another one is the state or character of being true. Ah, I like this one, too. Actuality or actual existence. And there's another one is an, an obvious or accepted fact, a truism or platitude. No, I'm not going to get into the to the depth of a platitude, but I like it because when you really think about what's true, you think of like a court system and you think of people even, you know, gossiping about you or talking about you and telling what's not true. And a friend of mine, Joanne Hoy, and I got into a philosophical discussion about um, Things being black or white. I've been accused of being a very matter-of-fact, very black or white type of person and not really getting into the shades of gray where a lot of us like to play in the shades of gray and we like to spend a lot of time in the in the areas where we're not really playing with the truth, where we're not spending a whole lot of time really being matter-of-fact of what we're really thinking and saying or what we really believe in or, or where we really are. And I had to spend some time really digging into that as we got into this discussion because when you really look at even the, the saying of, of being black or white, this is that's a topic and a philosophy and a saying that goes way, way back, you know, 50, 60 years in terms of when the topic and the term was used. But I really started to think, okay, what does it really mean, God? And I, and I want to even find out what the Bible says about our black sin and and and. and there's a scripture which I'm, I'm not sure if we're gonna if the Lord wants us to bring out in here because we talk about our sin being like filthy rags and a lot of us a lot of folks don't want to get into what that scripture really really means because when you really get into what that rag really can, can is is spoken about it's a it's 
it's the rag that uh, a woman would use to catch her cycle in. So if an example of your sin being like that, that makes you immediately kind of make people go, oh my gosh, and there that guy goes again. He's Again, I'm not trying to be the shock jock of, of Christian radio. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to put the word out there. So, because I think that's a lot of where we are in knowing our truth is so often we don't spend any time knowing the word of God. So you don't really understand what your truth is because we also want to, we want to spat out there and say, yeah, you don't want to know the truth and the truth will make you free or set you free. Okay. You got it. Depending on the, the on the definition in the, in the word and where you're getting that scripture from. Yes. It will make you free. But if you don't know the word, are you ever really truly free? If you don't, you're not going to know the word just because you're listening to this program or sitting there listening to your friendly neighborhood preacher. You need to know the word because you've read it. You've chewed on it. You've spent some time on it. You, in, in, in the whole thought of chewing on the word or reading the word of God, the, the term is, is remediate or remediate. Pardon me if I make sure I pronounce it right. It uses the example of what a cow does. A cow has multiple stomachs, so the cow will actually chew upon the word, or, or sort of the grass, actually, and it'll take it into one of its stomachs, and it'll throw it up, and it'll begin to continue to chew on that again because it needs to break it down even farther, and then as it swallows it again, it goes into another stomach where another stomach begins to, to break it down a little bit more, and then it'll pass it up again and continue to chew upon that grass until it's all the way broken down through the the last stomach it has, where it can be truly used by the cow's body. <clears throat> it's similar to us. Now, we don't have more than one stomach, so we're not trying to talk about, you know, be kind of gross, you know, eating your food and passing it back up again. <laughs> so we're not even trying to go there. But we're <laughs> trying to say from a standpoint of the Word of God, you can't just sometimes read a scripture and get the exact meaning in the insight and pray in the rainbow word comes instantly to you on that one point. Now, there are moments when the word does just, just illuminate to you, just come right to you immediately a rainbow understanding or immediate understanding from the, from the, the Holy Spirit as to, yes, you need to have that right now, right now. But there's more times where sometimes the scripture, you just have to wrestle with it. And you, you, you read it and you're like, God, I'm not really sure what that really means. Or I'm not quite, really quite sure how that applies to my life. And sometimes you just have to file it away somewhere and let it sit. And let it just kind of be uncomfortable with the not knowing until you actually spend some time in the presence of God, going through the word by word study, you know, and, and understanding what, it, what does each word mean to me in that situation? What does it mean to the, in the context of when the scripture was given? Because when we read scripture and when we listen to scripture and when we're trying to apply scripture, you can't just always pull the scripture out of your hat or pull it out somewhere else and, and, and apply it to this to your situation because you don't know if you don't read with the background and, and how that, 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 that scripture was used and in the context of the situation in which it was used. Case in point, we get so often where a lot of people get tripped up where uh, they, they were saying, you know, women should be quiet in church. And then the scripture was talks about the, the, the men were sitting on the floor down in front and their wives are sitting up on the second floor and the, the women couldn't hear because they didn't have the fancy, the fancy sound systems like we have today. And then they had the wireless mics and then they have all the fancy lights and smoke machine and haze machines and the extra stuff to be able to illuminate the sound and print, you know, produce it out there and put the words on screen so they couldn't see the scripture because the word wasn't all put together all fancy in the Bibles and didn't, everybody didn't have their app back in the day. So the, some of the wives were trying to say, call down to the husband, hey, you know, I need to hear that. What did he just say? But the truth of the matter is, 
so you know, we can't say that that's a time where women should be falling silent in church because the context of that time doesn't apply to the context now. We don't have a, we don't have an excuse as to not hearing the word, knowing the word, at least not in this country, not in North America. Well, for most, for that matter, not most of Europe, and the truth be told, in in quite a large part of the continent of Africa. And I'm I'm, I'm just gonna tell this quick little side story. Good, uh, a friend of mine that I know, this young man, he went to Africa on a on a my goodness, he went on a missions trip by himself, pretty much, and he was just going into the villages and going to the small towns and just going out into meeting the people and. He was doing Facebook lives like almost every day and I was following his progress and I was just, I just was shocked by how often he could do a Facebook live stream and you're supposed to have been out in the remotest parts of Africa. And I thought to myself, well, if you could get a 5G signal or a, okay, a high speed data connection where you can do a live Facebook video broadcast in a remote part of Africa, where the people in that area were poverty-stricken, hungry, cold, poorly clothed. But you can do a Facebook post and have someone like your post. There's something wrong with that. There's something wrong with the truth there that someone thought it'd be en- it would be wise enough to pull electrical power to, to, to generate for a cellular tower so the people who are coming there to do these fancy mission trips can broadcast what they're doing but we didn't spend any money feeding the the people who live in the area who in a, probably in some cases be told they probably worked on the doggone tower to, to put it in place so someone pulled some water and some power and some so they dig the trenches and and and, and found the necessary wood and metal materials to actually erect those tires to get up high enough to be able to broadcast over the trees and to make sure that those towers had enough power i don't know where they're getting it from it could be solar power there's a truth there that they cared enough for the visitor, but they didn't care enough for the people that lived there. That in itself ought to be a word for somebody because if we have people in our life that kind of pass through, or maybe maybe we're one of the pass, passer-byers, passer-throughers, when we really don't care enough for the people that we're passing by, we're, we're only caring to be seen on our way by. Oof, I don't want to be that one. Had another one of those moments this this week where I was just wondering, you know, uh, had some moments where I, the, the job where I work right now, I'm like, you know, really, is this what I, is, is this what I really want to do? Is this, is this what I really want to spend my time doing? I need to know the truth of the fact is, did I really want to do this of what I, not this being this radio program, I'm talking about the, the, the this of what I'm doing as my day-to-day job. I was like, no, Lord, I don't want to do that the rest of my life. Then if if you don't want to do something that you don't like to do, and you want to do something that you're passionate about, you have to find that truth in the fact that you're going to then do anything it takes to get that done. Even driving home from my son's practice today, I began to think of myself how tired it was and began to think about how I didn't feel necessarily my best and I wanted to just go home and, and lay in the bed because, you know, daylight savings time has just gone by for this particular time. What if you listen to this broadcast, daylight savings time was just this past Sunday. And so I, I wanted to go back and get in the bed and get that extra hour of sleep. But just I was convicted by the truth of here, of, of the facts that I really want to do this program. Yes, I want to 
let this word be released. Yes, I need to be able to, to work out my truth and, and, and allow the Holy Spirit to move through the program and, and speak with the Lord and giving me to speak. And so if I'm going to do that, the truth that matters, I got to get up and do something. I've got to spend some extra time in the presence of God, preparing for a message like this, preparing for the show, just can't get up and just shoot from the hip. I've done that before and, I, and you can do it in certain cases, but this is not one of them when you want to teach and, and step through and cut through and divide rightly the word of God. So this is not a situation where I can just get up, oh, six o'clock in the morning and go back. I've already gone back a couple of times on an edit trying to make sure that the word is right. So not from a standpoint of I want my voice to sound all pretty and perfect because it doesn't. I'm saying from the standpoint of getting the word right with God. The truth is that we have to know in our life is that what are we doing with our life? Are we right before God? Are we are we telling the truth before God? Are we are we spending the time we need to before God to get our life right? Or are we just spending our time screen, you know, searching through Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube? And I'm not I'm not downplaying those. I, I I'm out there as well. I'm trying to get the word out. I'm trying to you know, sometimes I'm bored. I'm out there too. Let's just be real. Let's just put my truth out there. Sometimes I'm just bored. And I'm looking for something, letting my mind just kind of scroll through. My truth is I'm also out there because my kids are out there. I want to make sure I know what they're looking at. My truth is that there's just moments when we all watch things that we're not supposed to watch. Oh, oh, said it on regular Christian TV, Christian radio. Oh my gosh. But the truth is we're always out there doing something or other because we have a fallen nature. And let's get to that point. That's maybe the Lord, maybe this is where the Lord wants us to go. So I initially opened up a few moments ago and we talked about me being a black and really black or white type of person. So the concept that and I got into the conversation with my friend was that the black area is dealing with our, our, our sin nature, the, the the fallen nature, the whole the concept of when Adam and Eve were together in the garden and and Adam ate from the ate the food that his wife prepared for him and we got into a whole little, that's a whole little segment we're going to get into later on about how he really knew that that was really the, the fruit from that tree. And and did they have a conversation about it? Did they nod? Did she, the wife tell him? Did Eve tell him that that's what it was? But it doesn't matter. He ate that. It in Bible does not say that he was tricked into eating it. So the woman got it. She talked to the serpent. She, whatever, she fixed it. Man ate it. That allowed the blackness to get into our our lives. That the we were separated from God at the eating of when Adam ate, and we got into the whole philosophical conversation. Well, let me say that. Let me say, let me go stay on task, stay on, stay on target. So the blackness are, that's in our in our mentality, in our mind, in our spirit, right in that spirit, in, in our mindset, right, is black. Sin, black. Darkness, evil, black. The white in this particular context of being black or white, is, is either the white is being, in this case, all true. It's the Holy Spirit. It's, it's the white light, the purity, the, the sinless part of God. It, it's God. It's, well, there's no sin in God. So the, the, the sinless part of life, it's, it's the part of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's, it's all of that divine part. It's all of the great part. It's all of the truth is in the white light there. So in every situation that there is either black or white, yes, the, the white side is, in this case, is what God wants us to do. It's the truth. It's the, it's the way. It's the light. It's, it's all things God. It's, it's the scripture based on truth. It's, it's everything there, not just something that we decided to write on our own. It, it's, 
It's everything dealing with God and who he is. That's the that's the white part. The black part is everything dealing with what the enemy wants to deal with us and he wants us to do everything in everything that we selfishly want to do. So how does it come together? Well, me being a sin fallen person, what we came up with in our dialogue back and forth, back and forth is that there is no way in the world that a fallen individual other than you know, the only person that could have done it would have been Jesus or Enoch. So the only two people in this world who were able to live in the world and not sin. And Enoch was raptured up before he even had an opportunity to sin. So he, the Lord loved him to the point, you know what, let me take him out of here before you mess up. And Jesus lived all the way through it. He lived through it. And, so, and he died so that we could have this opportunity to have this gray. So when Jesus died, he allowed the white to uh, then the Holy Spirit be able to come inside of us and be able to be used in our black sin. So whenever we do anything right for God, and even if it's the smallest amount or the greatest that we could ever do, the the, the things that we do for God from a mankind standpoint, that, that us being the hands and feet of God, using that fancy church saying, churchism, right? only comes out in gray. So the only thing that we're able to do as a human being for God is to play in the shades of gray. Meaning if we're doing more and more for God, more and more of the things as close as we possibly can, our gray gets lighter and lighter, but we'll never get it all the way white. The only time we can ever get to the point where our works for God are white is after we die, when we are then become pure. And we're not going to get into the whole you know, pre-tribulation or post-tribulation, am I in heaven, am I not? And, you know, we're not, that's a, that's a whole different study for a whole different day. In fact, I think I'm going to end up bringing my aunt Louise out here and invite her to actually teach that whole Revelations book on, on air because I'm not yet learned enough to know that. So when we talk about things being black and white, I had to yield in my debate with my friend because I'm no longer a black and white person. There's no, there's no human on earth that's black or white. We're dealing in the grace. We need to spend our time making sure that we make our gray as bright and as light as we possibly can with the things of God and being able to then, because and we're like that, make sure you guys know that everything that we say and do for God is always tainted from the standpoint of our sinful nature. So as we're, as our black sin is cultivating, is commingling with God's purity, is purity. Even when our word is going forth right now, I'm wrestling against myself as to what I should say and how I should say it. But I gotta say this: we'll be right back after this break. And you're listening to the Raise Men Show, and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. Hey everyone, my name is Eric Tomlinson with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate, where we design the sale of your home around you. With our nationwide network of agents, you and your family are at the center of every decision, conversation, and step of the journey to your next home. From hello to congratulations, selling your home with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate is designed to both learn and surpass your expectations. Call me today at 951-970-6727 so we at the Tomlinson Group can begin surpassing your expectations today. We want to work for you. How do you avoid pitfalls that will disrupt your life? My office is very good with helping families protecting assets, building wealth, college flexible plans, tax-free retirement, and so much more. I am John Treese Wells with Royal Financial Group, licensed to help million dollar families, businesses, and everyone in between. You can contact me at 951-757-4202 
or email me at jw.nofamilyleftbehind at gmail.com. I'm about your family. And we're right back here in the Raised Men Show, and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. And at the end of the last segment, we I just introduced the concept of being black or white and what that actually meant. And so the analogy we're using here is that the, the black being our black sin and, and how uh, how much of that we put into, how much of it that is actually in, infecting or putting itself into what the Lord is giving, what the Holy Spirit is allowing us to do and wanting us to do in the whiteness, in the white and the purity that lives in our lives. So that everything that we do, everything that we do for God or uh, well, not just for God or, or, or not for God on an or, but everything that we do for God in a manner of how we're able to execute it, how we're able to walk it out, how we're able to speak it out. Even my time on air and pastors on pulpit, other people on air or on TV, or we're out feeding the homeless, or we're out just talking and sharing amongst our friends, or even in, even in relationships with our spouses and significant others and things like that. There's a certain amount of blackness that's sin even when you're bringing a rhema or, or a word for someone because you're, you're trying to bring a word pure from god from a sinful person's lips and we're trying to filter it. we're trying to understand it we're trying to listen to god at the same time we're sometimes we spend time questioning god in terms of the of the word we should use and the lord may just say hey say this and we've added that and that in itself makes it gray because we cannot help but to sin even in everything that we do that's wonderful and great that may sound and look good, it's still gray. It's funny because I used to watch this show, Scandal, and Scandal was a was a show when we you know used to have the the lead character where his name was Olivia Pope and she was a, a fixer. So I don't know if those who used to watch that show. I used to I used to be a Scandal fanatic and we used to I used to watch that show all the time. And she was an, an attorney and she spent a lot of time. Um, she had a little crew of people who kind of worked for her and she, they did the dirty work for her. So she, her hands were always clean and she always told her squad that, Hey, we're going to, we need to wear the white hat and we need to do what we need to do. And we need to make sure that we always stand on the side of the, of justice and, and truth and wearing the white hat symbolized a lot of peace and in the wearing of the, a white hat in history, as I was looking it up and preparing for the show, it, it's supposed to symbolize purity. It's supposed to symbolize law and, and order and, and justice and truth. And and for her character, even, even if you were a follower of the show, in the early seasons of the show, you would always see Olivia Pope work a lot of white. And, and, and it was filmed in, in Washington, D.C. And, and dealt a lot with political corruption and her team actually always managed to go in and clean up the situation for someone who was in power, whether it had been a politician or a son of a politician or whatever, whoever it was, the, the, the Pope group always cleaned up someone else's mess. They always made it look and sound right. And as you looked at her attire, depending on where she was in an episode, she was either wearing black or white or shades of gray. And when you really looked at it, that whole show dealt with trying to put a spin on someone else's dirt, trying to put an excuse on someone else's failure. So trying to make someone else believe that what crime they had done was okay. And there's so much of our lives, we do the same thing. Where we try to spend so much time justifying 
our position, our lie, our failty, our failure, our frailty, justify our excuse or someone else's excuse for hurting us. And so we're trying to justify someone else's lie to be the truth. We're trying to justify why we don't tell our kids what, what the truth is, why we don't tell our spouses what the truth is, why we don't tell God and admit God to God, hey, God, I, I got a problem with X. I got, I got a problem with Y. And we need to understand what our truth is. And if we're not willing to tell the truth, that's a problem. I've had several conversations with other, other people this week just in the concept of truth and, and how we need to tell the truth. And there's so often that people can't tell the truth because the truth, I want to say the truth ain't in them, but like I can't say it in that way because the truth isn't in any of us naturally. John 14, 6 explains that, and Jesus is speaking here in John 14, 6, and I'm using the NASB version. It says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So if Jesus was the truth and Jesus is the way we're supposed to live and the lifestyle that we're supposed to live it, we weren't able to do it anyway until after he died. And even in his death, it was just allowing us to get forgiveness of our sins. So all of the gray that we're able to meter out over the course of our life was justified at first, or not justified, but, but we would be exonerated from that sin to be able to make it to heaven. John 16, 13, I love it. It talks about the Holy Spirit. And this again, this is Jesus saying, that it can only, the Holy Spirit can only repeat what it hears. Well, let me read that one exact here so we can understand exactly what that one is. 16.13, John 16.13 says, But when he, the Holy Spirit of truth, comes, because this is, this is in a time when Jesus is speaking about in preparation for him to go away. He's preparing to leave the disciples. He's preparing to go and die. He's preparing to go to the cross. And of course, nobody wants to hear that the fact that Jesus is leaving. No, no one wants to hear that truth. The disciples in this case, were, were they figured that this man was going to be with them forever, even though Jesus spent all that time telling them that I'm going to go away. I'm going to go return to my father. I'm, I'm going away, but you don't get it. We spend so much time not listening to the truth of what people are telling us because I know as a, as a human, I, I, we found a lot of social behavioral science to back this up, <laughs> that people will, lie, will tell you the truth once and lie to you twice. People, the disciples did not want to believe that Jesus was telling them the truth that he was going away. So John 16, 13 says, but when he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will guide you in all truth. He will guide you in it. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. That's one of my new favorite scriptures because it says when he, the Holy Spirit, so that, that automatically dispels the myth and the rumor that there's that there is no trying God. That so there isn't so not sorry. Let's make sure I say it right. That dispels the myth for those who don't believe that there's a a triune God or a three God and three persons, the Trinity. This is saying, look, spirit of truth is coming. So if Jesus was the son of God, that was already two. And he's already, then Jesus is telling you that the spirit of truth is coming. The Holy Spirit is coming. And he, the Holy Spirit, will guide you in all truth. So he will lead you. So even as the Holy Spirit is leading, you're not going to walk in the same exact footsteps and path of someone, even if you sit here and walk 
in the footsteps that I walk. You're going to miss it a certain way. Even our feet may be wider or smaller than, than their feet are. And we just may be wobbling a little bit. And so we're going to step out of the way. So there's no way that he can, any one of us can follow in the exact path that they're leading us because our free will. And God, I, I thank you for the free will. But I think in my own selfish black sin way, that was one of the worst things God could have ever given me was a, was a, was something to choose between doing what he told me and wanted me to do and to not. Man. So if I'm if the Spirit is leading me, I have a tendency to waver. Peter wavered when he walked upon the water. Jesus told him, look, if you want to come on out. And Jesus, well, Peter asked him, Jesus, if that's you, bid me come. Allow me to come. Tell me to come out to you. And Jesus said, oh, come. All, all Peter had to do was walk, was look at Jesus and walk. But what did he do? In this, in the, in that living analogy, Jesus was the way for him. He was the true spirit. He was the spirit then, and in, 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 in flesh at the same time. He said, "Come to me." And Peter wavered. He looked around like a lot of us do. We look around at everything else around us, and we got afraid. Looking at our bills being more than we make, looking at the our health not being what we think it should be, or the doctor says it should be. Looking at our kids, and we can't control them, and they're doing other things, and. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will speak. He will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will disclose to you what what is to come. So the Holy Spirit is speaking from who? He's speaking the things of God. So people, I've heard people say, "Oh, there's no more prophets in the land. There's no more, there's there's no more prophetic word. That the the word of God is sealed." Well, no, there's there's fresh word. This is confirmation that there's fresh word because the Holy Spirit is, which is the Spirit of Truth, is not going to speak on its own initiative, but what He hears, and the Holy Spirit's not going to speak what we said. So who's speaking to the Holy Spirit? God is. And if, the, and if the Holy Spirit is going to tell you or disclose to you, reveal, revelation, rhema, revelation here, disclose to you what is to come, that's prophecy. I don't care if you believe it or not. It's in the Word. John 16, 13 says that right there. You don't believe it. I challenge you to, I challenge you to, to read it. Hit me on social media. We can debate about it all day long. It's in the Word. So it's not like the crazy California speaker preacher dude is saying heresy. It's in the word. We spend a lot of time frustrated and upset and angry at people because their blackness mixed with our blackness, gets in the way. We want to wear the white hat. We want to be the one who comes out as the winner of that argument. We want to be the one on top. We want to be the one with the biggest car, the best looking spouse, the nicest clothes, the best looking body, the clearest skin, the best looking hair, nails, you never, whatever. But it's not going to be that way. When we deal with people and we don't get our way, 
we have a tendency to get angry, frustrated. When people don't come and check on us like we wanted to check on us, we start to feel some kind of way. When you think that you're doing right and you don't get the acceptance or the accolades and appreciation, the attaboys and the likes and the follows that you think you want, you start to feel some kind of way. I spend a lot of time trying to direct this out with myself because I've been there. So my truth, I want everybody to know is because I'm trying to help myself. When my, when my wife was sick, there was a lot of energy around our house. There was a lot of people. And people say, oh, it's not a lot of energy. What do you mean? You talk about all that, that, that mystical stuff. No, there was just a lot of people around, a lot of support, a lot of calls, a lot of text messages, a lot of people concerned. I was talking to some people just recently who found out about our story. And they were like, oh, man, you must have a, you must have a lot of people around to help you. I said, Why? We did. <laughs> Up until the point when she died. And then it's like crickets and tumbleweeds start rolling by. And again, this is no no slam on those who, who, who supported our family through in the hard time, through the thick and the thin. I know people had to return to their lives. I, I get it. I do. But at the time, my truth is that I didn't get it. That's my truth. It hurt. I've had broken relationships with people that I'm related to. Broken people, broken relationships, broken relationships with people I know well. People I've let stay in my house rent free. People that come through eat my eat my food. People I've given money to and supported several times, multiple times. All of a sudden, I'm not in a position to help them anymore. Then they kick me to the curb like I've done some. Yeah, my truth is that that hurts. And I'm angry. I understand the word does say be angry and sin not. We can quote that for you too. Yes. I understand that. But my truth is that I'm not there. I'm trying. Sorry, I'm not the superhero on the radio that, you th- that some of you might have thought. But my truth is I'm still trying to work out that hurt. I'm still trying to give God that pain. I'm trying to cast that care on him because he cares for me. My truth is that I'm still struggling even to record shows and, and, and follow God and to do this. So some by shades of gray that's even coming out on this word here, it's gray. My truth is that even being a father, I fall short all the time. Because my truth is that my kids remind me of what I've lost. What's been taken away? My kids remind me of my late wife. And it's not because they've done anything wrong or, I mean, there's nothing for them to have done wrong to have that, but and it's not their fault. I mean, they are, they are as much a part of her as they are part of me. And, so, and in some cases, the parts that really get me on the frustrated parts is because it's the parts that I see that are her in them. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's, I only get angry and sad. And my truth is because I get angry at, the, at what is her in them because she's not here versus there being anything wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it, any parts of them because they're perfect in God's sight. He, he made them who they were and who they are. My truth is that I'm a 50-year-old man trying to figure out what is life now. Trying to be a parent trying to balance work and life. My truth is 
I'm trying to make sure that my kids are living right. My truth is that I'm trying to walk out and model out an example of how to live. I'm trying to show them as much of the light gray as possible when I'm giving them charcoal gray all the time. My truth is that I wake up with night terrors. Afraid. But my truth is that I've got to still come out and speak those things that are not as though they were. So I've got to quote that scripture out as much as I possibly can so the moments that I'm not afraid. That I can speak life. Not to just to folks on the radio. I'm trying to speak life to me. The Raising Men show, I'm going to say it like I want to say it. Sorry about Pastor Larry. It's probably not going to come out the way I ought to say it, but this show ain't for you. This show's for me. And it's the first time I've ever had to actually admit that truth. Because when we started this show, I'm sure a lot of you, have, well, not, those who followed the show, listened to the episodes, I used, to, I used to think that the Lord gave me this show to help someone else have a beacon of hope for, for to, to, to light their way. When they were in the darkness, a dark situation like what I've been in, trying to be a single father, not trying to be, I had no choice but to be a single father. My wife died, so I'm not married. So, I'm, And I'm not even single by the government, the government standpoint. I'm a widower. And I've had people tell me, why do you keep bringing that up? Why do you keep bringing that up? Because that's what I am until I marry again. And on certain documents, I may always be. I can't get away from that. That is a that is the mark that I've got by virtue of how I've lived. And it wasn't anything lived badly. It's just I lived it, I walked in, I got married, she died. Oh well that's that's the mark. But my truth is that this show is for me. Just for me. This show is an opportunity, is a platform for me to work out what God has given me to work out. It's for me to, to, it's for me to be a blessing to others that have blessed me. This show is for me to speak life to my kids after I'm gone. Because the word of God says that we should leave a legacy to our children. This show is a legacy that I can leave for my children. The, the feature film Restore Me is a legacy that I've left for my children. It has nothing to do with platform and follows and likes and whatever it will be afterwards, after I'm gone. This show was for me to walk out my truth so that God can see what I'm supposed to do for him. It has nothing to do with where it airs, how it airs, and I've wrestled with, man, I'd love to be syndicated at certain times and be in you know, 60, 80, 90, 100 cities around the country. Man, I, I, I try to pattern some of my, what I do, what I present from Stephen A. Smith or 
man, the comedian Steve Harvey. Man, I, I really admired those gentlemen. I don't know if the Lord ever gave me a chance to meet them, but I just to be able to tell them that I admire what they've done. But I don't do it for them. I have to do it for me. And if I don't do it for me, if you, if you don't know, if I don't know my own truth enough to, to admit the fact that I do this for me, that means when a time gets hard, I can't get up off the mat. I can't get up off the bed. I can't get up when my head is hurting. I can't get up when I'm tired. I can't get in, in the presence of God for you. I can't get in the presence of God for my kids. I can't intercede for you all. Yes, I get it. Pray without ceasing for each other. Yes, I get it. But if I don't work out my own soul salvation, if I don't work out my own truth, if I don't follow after God in, in the way that he's given it to me through the Holy Spirit to, to hear what God is saying for me for what will come, that means that I will not be able to pass the test for God. I will not be able to be able to stand before God and say that I did right for God. I, I need to be able to do what the Lord has given me to do for him because this is what the Lord has given me to do. So this show is for me to be a vessel for God to be obedient because obedience is better than sacrifice so i would rather be obedient to god and give up my time and to do this and to speak what the lord has given me to speak as best i can and give give as much light gray as i possibly can this show is for me to stand before god rightly as possible god i, I cannot be white before you god but i'll be gray for you I, I can only be gray for you my goal is to be the lightest gray i possibly can for you god and that's all I try to get everyone else to see. So through this time, you've got to know your truth. Who hurt you? Who did you hurt? What did you say that, that, that that's hurt someone's soul that they're still trying to recover? Who have you stolen from that you need to apologize and go give back a hundredfold? All right, you're listening to The Raising Men Show, and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle, right here on WKBY 1080 AM out of Chatham, Virginia. We're going into our last break of the day. We're going to come back out of the, into the last segment. We're going to go through this thing, man. Still talking about knowing our truth. We'll be right back. Who you hire as your realtor matters. You need a realtor who looks out for your best interests and not their own. Marie Clark with Allison James Estates is a full-time realtor. Specializing in helping first-time homebuyers in Temecula and the surrounding areas. She is also a ministry leader. Today, why don't you choose Marie Clark to buy or sell your next home? Please call 951-265-6259. This is Craig Carlisle, the host of The Raising Men Show, and I'm also an executive producer of the independent feature film Restored Me. It's a powerful, feel-good dramedy that centers around a young man trying to restore his relationship with his young daughter and her mother after his wrongful incarceration. This film speaks to restoring your faith and pushes a bold message of positivity and motivation. The cast includes Gary Owen, Bill Duke, Will Young Lee, Matt Gerald, Richard T. Jones, Malik Yobo, Yancey Arias, and Bo Casper Smart, just to name a few. Restored Me is available on over 100 digital markets, including iTunes, Amazon, and on demand from your local cable provider. Buy it, rent it, either way, I'm asking you to watch it. It'll bless your life. And we're right back to the last segment of the Raising Men Show, right here on WKBY, 1080 AM out of Chatham, Virginia. I didn't give a shout out to Chatham. What up, Chatham? How are you doing today? I need to get back out there. I need to. So, Lord, we need to make that happen. 
well, let me say it the right way. Lord, I would like to make that happen. I'd like to go back to Chatham. And there's a great restaurant there in town. I need to go back to there again. Man, I had some great soul food there when we came out there and screened the film at Bible Way. Man, that food was good. <laughs> I need to come out there. Nothing else but just for the food. Man, that was awesome. Last segment, final time, final 11 minutes. We're going to give the last two scriptures and some ways to get really into, you know, what we're supposed to be doing and knowing our truth. Is preparing for this. I found some more scriptures I, I loved. And I know at the top of the show we talked about 12. Did, did the quick research on that. And the number 12 it stands for apostolic government. Or government based on the apostles, basically what it means. And and I know the apostles, you know, when you talk about 12 tribes of Israel, and there's, there's, there's other things you can use and think of, it, you know, 12. And those are into, you know, revelations in terms of the 12 tribes had 144,000 people there that were you know those that were seen in the presence of God those were the 12,000 each from the 12 tribes of Israel so 12 is significant so that's why we're going to stick to 12 and when if we do another one of these um, teachable moments it would be like a part 2 so we'll not build and we're not going to make a 13th chapter we're not going to make a 13th part but we're going to know our truth and one of the scriptures I found out that was really really cool was Second uh, Timothy two, fifteen, and it actually starts at fourteen. I'm going to read a few passages, and this again, I'm reading from the New American Standard or NASB. And this is when Timothy is talking to a group of people, and they were having some issues with each other. And this is really what we have in this world, right? The Bible does talk about in this life, there, and we will have trouble. And one of the biggest things we have trouble with is our mouth, with our lips, and the things that we say. And I know the word also says, you know. Uh, Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Man, we have to be careful with that. Speaking life, speaking death on people, speaking life to people, speaking life to ourselves, speaking death to ourselves, and we in being um, very diligent, you know, derogatory and devaluing who we are. But the, there's always a truth in everything we do with people, and then sometimes that truth is 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 the the lie we believe, and it, it we believe it that it's true. I've heard an old saying is you believe a lie so long, that you believe it's truth. And when we're dealing with people, sometimes that with this, even when we don't want to agree with the person, even when we don't like a person, we're mad because they got one up on us. We just have a tendency just to just to be angry at them because we don't like them. And that sometimes is our own truth in itself. And, and we have to believe that that's, you know, that, that our, we have to believe in what the truth is. And we spend a lot of time, I, I spend a lot of time trying to figure myself out. I'm still learning a long, long way to go. But, and just realizing that some of my disagreements I have with people, some of the greatest disagreements I have with people is just because, you know, I just don't like you. But the the word says we've got to love people. God charges us to love, but and we we sometimes often get that scripture mixed up and and twisted up and to make us think that we need to love you to be in your presence. I don't need to be in your presence to love you. The Lord is charging us to love people for, with an agape love, with that love that we have for God. That's what we're charged to do. I don't have to have romantic love for you. I don't have to have a a a one on one brotherly love with you. I don't even have to call you, text you. I don't have to receive a call or text from you. I don't have to be in your presence, but I'm called to love you, and I can love you from afar. I can love you from near as well. 
It isn't saying we have to be in fellowship with each other as well. It, the word says we must love our neighbor as ourselves. I understand that's commandments, that's old school, but we, we are in the new dispensation. We are living in grace. And that's another thing that we're dealing with. I want to get to grace in a moment because how grace came through Jesus. So we're gonna, let me read the scripture first before we get on too far. Second Timothy, Second Timothy 2, verse 14. We're starting at 14 and read through probably 17, the 17a, first half of 17. So, and he's talking to some workmen. Timothy says, remind them of these things and solemnly charge them in the presence of God not to wrangle about, with, wrangle about words, which is useless and leads to the ruin of, hearers, or the, of the hearers. Be diligent and present yourselves approved by God as a workman who does, who does not need to be ashamed accurately handling the word of truth. But avoid worldly and empty chatter for will lead to further ungodliness and their talk will spread like gangrene. Those four, three and a half verses I think are so cool because we, we do that a lot. When we have an anger issue with, with people, well, we don't like something that they said or something to us or about us and you know, something that's not true or maybe it is a truth that we don't like about ourselves that we didn't want to hear, but it tells us don't wrangle about, don't argue, don't go back and forth with person with words because it's useless and it leads to the ruin of the people who are listening, of the hearers. So not just the people who are saying it, but those who are around. So a lot of times, some of us, we argue with our kids around. We, we, ha we have our open fights with people that we don't or that we are out of fellowship with right in front of our kids. So now all of a sudden our kids start to choose sides and, and it, it's like the Hatfields and McCoys and my family don't like you and your family don't like me and because you're such and such. But we need to spend some time making sure we understand what that is really all about. We've got to know our truth and in that we have to own the truth of the situation that we all have got a lot of gray in the situation where there's a whole lot of dark charcoal gray and sometimes a little black in our situation we're dealing with people but we need to make sure as we're as we're spending time to be diligent before god you know and learning the word and and making sure that when we we may only know one scripture but we need to know everything we can about that one scripture why we stand on it and where it came from so we can rightly divide the word of god so we can be truth in handling the word of truth or accurate in handling word of truth I love the piece that sometimes at the end on 17a it says, and their talk will spread like gangrene. And gangrene is a, is a situation where flesh dies and it's, it has to be cut off because it's it's flesh that doesn't do any good. There's no blood circulation anymore. That limb is, or that portion of that limb is useless. Ugh, I love it. Let's do the other one now. Because it also talks about do your best. Second Timothy 2.15 talks about doing our best be diligent yes do our best in the in new american new international versions is do our best to 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 know our truth and in doing our best means we're not perfect and i love the what john says in in was it john one uh where is it yeah john one verse 17 i, I like that i think even best of all where it talks about how grace came through Jesus. Let me pull it up real quick. Yeah. The law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace is a manifestation of favor. 
And favor is not like, oh, I need you to do me a favor. No, a favor is something done or granted out of goodwill rather than from a justice or for remuneration or paying back a kind act. And so many things we think we do for people or ought to be done with with favor in mind. And there's a lot of time when we deal with people, we need to pray for favor. We We talk about we want favor from God and we don't understand that God's grace is over us. We need to extend grace to ourselves and allow ourselves to make mistakes. That's one of the things I... I struggle with that's my, that's one of my truths. I don't allow myself to have grace to make a mistake. I allow myself to have the grace to be tired. I've not allowed myself the grace to not like the truth that I have. We need to spend the time to to give ourselves grace to to forgive ourselves for our shortcomings, and at the same time, extend grace to other people who've hurt us and who continue to hurt us because. People are, people are going to continue to hurt us no matter what. As long as we're continuing to live, we're con- going to continue to be hurt by someone, and we're going to t- continue to hurt someone. And, and I, I was having a conversation with another person earlier th- this week, and they talked about, oh, I don't want to be a part of those hurt people, hurt people category and bucket. Well, you know what? Sorry. We're all a part of that bucket. You, you, don't, you can't help it but to be a part of that bucket because we hurt people do hurt people. It's the it's the the blackness side of our sin that's inside of us trying to use some form of light to make gray. And that gray again as we talked about it earlier and I think it was in segment 1 and 2 where the more or less gray or more or less white word of God we use and exercise through our black sin is going to allow us to show how much gray of the truth that we're able to bring forth as a human being. That's what it's all about. The more gray that we can show is really what it's about. Everything we do in obedience to the Holy Spirit shines, shines through. It, that, that, that brilliance, that white light of the Holy Spirit shines through our black sin, turning it gray. But we don't, I don't give enough grace to people. When my kids don't pick up things, I get, I'm upset, but then I go back in my own room and I've got the hair in the sink. When I cut my hair, I didn't clear my sink out. I didn't make my bed this morning and I get mad at the kids who didn't make their bed. I get mad because there's food and crumbs on the floor. Some of those crumbs and food may be yours and maybe mine. We need to allow grace to be there. And our, our truth is maybe we don't like a dirty kitchen. Maybe we didn't like to clean up kitchens and when we were younger because our parents used to make us do it. And, I, and that's my truth as well. Holidays suck for me a lot of times. So my mom, when I was growing up, my mom used to make us clean the house and she just turned into this tyrant or monster when it came to cleaning the house. Never could quite understand it. Where the house was good enough for us to live in every other day of the, of the year, be it Thanksgiving and Christmas when people are coming over, all of a sudden, the week before folks show up, it's she's like a monster or was because she's gone now. So I have to remind myself, I, I don't want to be like that. So if I want my house to be clean enough to receive visitors all the time, my truth is that I've got to make sure that I keep my room clean. 
that I keep the rest of the house clean, that I that I set the standard so that we can we can receive a visitor, we can receive a guest, we can we can have a conversation with someone that actually runs up being, hey, why don't you stop by the house for a second and you can use that bathroom because it's safe, because it's clean. We need to spend the time finding out what our truth is and, and sitting before God and sitting in the presence of God and saying, God, this is my truth, I'm hurt. This is my truth, I'm sorry. This is, this is the truth that I'm holding on to that I don't like the way I am. I don't like what they did to me. God, I, I, some of us need to even need to break the soul tie with the people that were hurt because we keep holding on and making them a part of our life and, and making our souls intertwine just out of our anger and, and sadness that they've done something to us. And we need to break that. We need to break that off of us and, and come to the Lord and say, God, I, my truth is that I need to become better that, and I want to become better, but I don't know how, God. I, my truth is that I'm hurt, God. My, my truth is that I'm broken, God. I need you to fix me. God, my truth is that I don't like to go outside, God. My truth is that I'm in, I'm lonely. I I want to be in love, God. I, I, my my truth is that I don't know what to do next or how to speak nice. Or, God, I I need to know you more, God. I my truth is that I don't know the word because I want to be like somebody else, God. My truth is that I'm jealous of that person because of what they do or what they said or they have more followers than I got. But God, I, I we need to know our truth because the truth is gonna make us free. And if we don't know the things that we're struggling with, it gives a foothold, a stronghold to the enemy to keep us bound. And we're going to be free. And we can only be free through truth because the truth came through Jesus. And so did grace. I appreciate you listening and following along and hanging in there with us for these 12 weeks of Teachable Moments Part 1. See what the Lord does for next time. We'll see you all next week. On the Razor Men Show right here on WKBY 1080 AM and on the RazorMenshow.com and all of its affiliates. Bless you all. Hey everyone, my name is Eric Tomlinson with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate where we design the sale of your home around you. With our nationwide network of agents, you and your family are at the center of every decision, conversation, and step of the journey to your next home. From hello to congratulations, selling your home with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate is designed to both learn and surpass your expectations. Call me today at 951-970-6727 so we at the Tomlinson Group can begin surpassing your expectations today. We want to work for you. How do you avoid pitfalls that will disrupt your life? My office is very good with helping families protecting assets, building wealth, college flexible plans, tax-free retirement, and so much more. I am John Treese Wells with World Financial Group, licensed to help million-dollar families, businesses, and everyone in between. You can contact me at 951-757-4202 or email me at jw.nofamilyleftbehind at gmail.com. I'm about your family.